morning, good afternoon, good evening. My name is Marty Plum, and I am your host of a pen and a napkin podcast, a weekly coaching clinic that you can carry around with you in your pocket. Welcome to episode number five of the coaching staff with my good friend, Mr. Tony D. Viss. How are you tonight, Mr. Viss? I'm doing well, Marty. It's been kind of an interesting couple of days in the sports world. You have the college football results from yesterday and the news uh, out of your your state that you live in currently today. And then you've got the NFL games with overtimes and a tie and stuff like that. But it has been like a roller coaster in the sports world. Well, you know, August has kind of turned into uh, the dead the dead month of the sporting world i mean all together you know uh, it, mm-hmm. it's 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 kind of got the least going on and then all of a sudden boom we jump into september with baseball playoffs get kicking up you know wnba is wrapping up then of course the the football season gets going us open all of these different things and 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 with that uh you get a lot of different a lot of different stuff going on and and tony and i were going to talk about something else tonight but I texted him earlier today, kind of based on some of the things that have happened, and we decided that it might be best to talk about a, a different topic. And uh, we we know you're not going to hear this for a few days, so you know the stories may be different or whatever it may be by the time this drops. But we wanted to talk about uh, slow starts to a season, and you have a certain expectation level, and we're going to talk about that here in just a second, uh, but your team uh, is not performing the way that you would hope it would perform at the beginning of the season, and how do you, how do you work your way through that? You know, how do you coach your team through that? And you know, Tony and I are just going to kind of bounce some ideas off of one another and thoughts and concepts that we have over this. Uh, I'm in a situation here where I live in Omaha, where today we we are, are you know taping this on September 11th on the Sunday uh, that Scott Frost got let go from his position at the University of Nebraska. On Tony's side, about four hours east on I-80, uh, the the Iowa football team is is under a lot of heat uh, for their slow start on offense and a lot of. A lot of chatter going on in that neck of the woods. Uh, there's other places. Notre Dame is 0-2. Uh, Texas A&M got beat by Appalachian State at home. So, you know, we're kind of relaying this to, to some football stuff. But it, it's going to affect somebody out there in the coaching world when we get into the winter time here. And so it's always good to kind of anticipate those things as, as much as you can. So, uh, Tony, let's just let's just dive into it. We kind of talked about before we started taping uh, you know, basically, there's there's two types of teams coming into each season when it comes to wins and losses, and it's pretty simple. You have teams with kind of lower expectations, and you have teams with higher expectations. So let's kind of go through both of those scenarios, Tony. Let's start with teams with lower expectations, and you and I have both been there. We've done this long enough. We've had teams that have had lower expectations and gotten off to slow starts, and we've had teams that have had you know higher expectations and gotten off to slow starts. So let's start with the lower expectations. And what you should do with a team that is perhaps rebuilding, uh, a, a team that maybe you're you're in a situation where you're 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 taking over a situation like I was a couple of years ago where there hadn't been a whole lot of success, so forth and so on. Uh, so let's start there, Tony. Low expectations. You get off to a, a slow start, whatever that is in your mind. Uh, you know how how do you coach your team through that through that time period? Yeah, those are those are always tough. You know, like you mentioned, we've been in both 
both situations, team that's, you know, maybe preseason top five, top three, whatever the case may be. And you got those that you come into the season and people don't expect a whole lot. Like you might not win more than a handful of games. And when you start off with those teams that might not win much and they get off to a so slow start, I'm sorry, it's like it's the, the cycle starting. And then oh. that, that doubt starts to creep in there. You maybe get a little bit of, you know, squeaking here and there. And you've got to make sure you put a little bit of, uh, grease on that, right, to kind of yeah. get those things going. But the big thing, I think, in those situations, I'll give you a couple. One, you've got to set immediate goals, like little immediate goals. You want to get better every day. Maybe you're going to do some, you know, I'll just relate it to basketball. Maybe you're going to do a shooting drill. And so you've kind of got your baseline there that you've number of makes and however much time. And now you're really trying to push to get more makes than that where you're having success that way you get into a game you know maybe you're having trouble there and so you want to play a good quarter maybe you want to play a good half and and different things that go along those lines and then as far as the psychological stuff goes with your team it goes back to kind of like what we've been talking about earlier doing some of those team building things Mm -hmm. because it's not a case of if bad things are going to happen if your chemistry is going to be stretched during the season it's when and so kind of like we talked about earlier you got to build up your your bank so to speak so when they begin to make some of those withdrawals in there you've got some things built up but if you haven't put deposits in there when those withdrawals come it can lead to you know where, where you start to lose some of that chemistry and you start to lose some of that getting along and then you take make a bad situation even worse mm-hmm. i think that and i agree with everything that you said there tony I, I think you start, whether you have low expectations or high ex- expectations, you you always start with, like you said, let's just get better today. And I think that's got to be your number one thing that the, that's the that's the only thing we can we can control is today. You know, as, as my old college roommate, John, used to say, you know, yeah, yesterday's over with tomorrow's not here yet. So let's just worry about today. And whether you have high expectations or whether you have low expectations, you just got to instill it from day one in your program that it's just about today. And you talked about getting uh, better today. Uh, one of the things that, that we talk about or that I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to throw a little something in there in addition to that, we, we talk about let's get 1% better today. And, and what we try to tell our kids, you know, if you've got 20 kids out, Everybody gets 1% better. That means our team is 20% better by the end of the day today. And if we're 20% better and we do that five days in a row, guess what? Our team's 100% better by the end of the week. Now, are we really 100% better than, you know, by the end of the week? Probably not. But, you know, it is a tangible thing that you can that you can use. Uh, I so agree with you, Tony, uh, about finding victories within the game. Uh, you know, one of the things that I knew when I took over this this current position that I was at, that we were going to have to find ways to show improvement other than the scoreboard. Uh, because early on, it, it, we probably were going to struggle in that area. And so we talked about shot selection. We talked about turnovers. We talked about, uh, you know, things that, okay, from game one to game two, we improved our, our shot, you know, using the math that we use, you know, from this to this. That's good. That's what we want. Now it's just a matter of putting the ball in the basket a little bit more. Okay, now let's take that from game three. Now let's compare game two to game three. And we did a lot of that. Um, I think that when you have those low expectation teams, 
you you also have to don't overreact, don't panic, and you've got to stay the course. You've got to continue to teach and build on a daily basis. Uh, you've got to you've got to move those goalposts in a different way to focus on something other than the final score and stay locked in in that regard. Uh, you know, finding a way to or you've got to show that okay, I'm not losing faith in you. The scoreboard is saying I should lose faith in you, but I've got you, and you may not really have them, <laughs> you know, Tony. <laughs> uh, but you you've gotta you've gotta find a way to to do that. And I know that's that's something. And we're going to talk about mistakes that we've made in the past. Uh, that's something that I definitely could have done better, and it's something that I definitely have learned through the course of my career. Uh, anything to add to that, buddy? You know, I, I think one of the things I would give you that 1% better thing, if, if people haven't read the book Atomic Habits, great um, book. I read that this summer. It is yeah. a great book. It mm-hmm. breaks it down. A guy who took over the British cycling uh, group, uh, how Britain had not won a medal forever. Uh, bike companies did not even want to have British riders riding their bikes because of the fact they weren't successful. And then he begins to do this 1% thing like you were talking about. The next thing you know, they have five, I think it was four or five British riders that win the Tour de France and different things like that. And so it's very, very important to break it down. People talk about the easiest way to eat an elephant is one bite at a time. And then, you know, you were talking about mistakes that we've made and not getting too emotional. And that was probably one of the things that a young coach with teams and rebuilding and stuff, I wasn't known for my patience and I need to do a better job of, Hey, I've got your back, you know, that type of thing. But there's also that raising expectations and stuff too. But yeah, just being level with them because it's already an emotional game. And if you're, you know, on them and different things, all it does is cause them to panic. And, you know, when you're drowning, the worst thing you can do is panic and begin to flail around. Mm -hmm. The, the winning on the margins. And, and really figure out those areas that you can win on the margins. Like for us, you're talking about, and that, that Atomic Habits, again, I, I echo Tony on that. That is a terrific, it's a must read if you're a coach. Uh, James Clear, C-L-E-E-R. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you're, you're talking about the British cycling. So how do you equate that to basketball? Where can you make those 1% improvements? Well, let's really scout out-of-bounds plays really, mm-hmm. really hard. So the other team can't score on us and let's really execute on out of bounds plays really really well so that okay if we take away four points a game and we get four more points a game off of our out of bounds plays well that's an eight point difference and now instead of and let's say you're you still might lose instead of losing by 15 now you're looking up oh well we're only down seven and we yeah, we give our possessions yeah we give ourselves a chance a chance to have a chance uh, you know, you're, you're not going to go from, uh, probably you're not going to go from, you know, losing by 30 or 40 to somebody one year. And if you've got the same personnel, you're not going to close that, but can you close it from 30 to, to 12 to 15 by doing things like that? And again, that's identifying what you can control, staying calm, still teaching that, uh, and, winning on those margins in those areas and just keep emphasizing getting better and showing tangible ways to get better every day. So, yeah. And you you mentioned out of bounds plays. He went as simple as getting a good night's sleep and improving their diet. 
That, I mean, he got 1% better in those areas. And then the other thing it, it reminded me of a team that I had one time and we were, we were behind. And so, you know, we talked about the fact that great teams were made from November to March and that great players were made from March to November. And those kids in the off season, we made up a ton of progress from March to November. We got involved in summer stuff and we did fall leagues and, you know, got in the gym and they shot a ton and they went from, you know, when they were freshmen, they were the ones that were at the bottom of the conference to where at the time they're seniors, they're in the semifinals of the state tournament. Yeah, absolutely. If you are a coach in the Omaha, Council Bluffs, Lincoln area, be sure to sign up for the Metro Basketball Coaches Association Coaches Clinic Series to be held at DJ's Dugout at 114th and Dodge here in Omaha, Nebraska. The Omaha Metro Basketball Coaches Association has four clinic dates lined up. September 21st, September 28th, October 5th, and October 12th. And we'll have some of the best coaches, not only from our region, but nationwide. If you're interested in signing up for the Metro Basketball Coaches Association Coaching Clinic Series, send your registration and fee to MBCA, care of Tom Crable at Boystown High School, 122 Heroes Boulevard, Boystown, Nebraska, 68010. Registration fee is only $75 per coach on your coaching staff, and you won't regret signing up for the Metro Basketball Coaches Association Coaches Clinics. Um, Let's talk about teams with high expectations, Uh, and you get off to a slow start. Uh, What are you you thinking there? And and I've been there a couple of times, and it's hard. It's hard because you have expectations. You're not dumb. You can sit there and go, well, I think we got a chance to be pretty good. And then you get off to a slow start and you're like, hey, what the heck's going on here? I thought we were better than this. So um, talk to us about that, Tony. Yeah, I think the first thing you do is you go back to the basics. You go back to fundamentals. I think that's the big thing. A lot of times, you know, when somebody's struggling, you just go back to the fundamentals and you work on that again, whether it's passing, dribbling, shooting, you know, whatever the case may be. And then once you kind of get those fundamental reps in there a little bit, then you go back to trying to put it together, the puzzle as a whole again, where you're working on executing your offenses and making sure that your defensive rotations are good and you're getting your communication back. And then the other thing I would go back to is the fact that they have to enjoy the game. You know, bring them in and just talk about the importance of enjoying the game. Why do you do this? Because it's a game and it's fun. That's why most people play sports. And you kind of bring them back to when they started out in third, fourth, fifth grade or whatever the case may be. And just, hey, let's go out there and let's let's you know, the, this weight that we're carrying around of these expectations, let's throw that thing off and let's just have fun. Wherever this thing takes us, let's just enjoy the ride. Because a lot of times, you know, as people try to climb to the top of the mountain, so to speak, to win that championship, what they realize when they get to the top of the mountain is it's cold and it's lonely. <laughs> you have to enjoy the journey yeah. as you're working your way that way. Yeah. I think joy is such a important thing to have, Tony. I, I've talked to so many coaches and they're coming off, you know, a great season or they've had a great season or whatever it may be. And they'll they'll say it was the most one of the most miserable seasons I've ever had because of the mm-hmm. expectations. You know, um, I, I think that, you know, you brought about joy. I, I really think, you know, from day one, when you have those expectations, again, you're focused on let's just get one percent better. I think that's just such a I've really fallen into that. Uh, in in my philosophy, Tony, it, just that 
we're going to be 1% better. We're not going to worry about anything else but today and emphasizing that. Um, I think that when you get off to a slow start, but you know you're a talented team, if you're going to make any tweaks, I think you have them be small tweaks. And I really think that if you have your choice between your offense and your defense, I think you start with your defense because I yeah. think defensive tweaks are easier to make than offensive tweaks. You you change, maybe you thought you could press. Well, okay, let's just go back to man-to-man. Or we thought we were going to be a man-to-man team, but we've also played some zone. Maybe we throw some more zone or we change a, a few things like that. Uh, I, I don't think you can... If you've spent, like you were talking about, Tony, you, you talk about March to November getting better. Well, you've you've spent, you've also, as a coach, spent March to November thinking about all the stuff that you want to do. And all of a sudden, after three games or a couple of weeks, you're like, oh, that's not working. Let's chuck it. We're going to do everything. Then, then, you know, especially on the offensive end, then you haven't given it enough of a chance. And mm-hmm. one of the things, one of the guys that I used to coach against was a guy named Jerome Skirdla over at uh, Gretna here, just a suburb of Omaha. And I always really respected Jerome. Uh, if his teams got off to a slow start, he never overreacted, especially with his offense. He would also, he would, he would make a couple tweaks with his defense, but his offense was his offense. And this is what we're going to do. And we've just got to do what we do and do it better. Um, if you are going to make any offensive tweaks, in my opinion, maybe put in an extra one or two plays for your best player to try and get something to get them open and get them going uh, to get them some easy baskets. And, but I, I think it's, I think it's really hard to overhaul an offensive system in the middle of the season. What do you think? Completely agree. Um, if you're a team, like you're talking about with your, your offense, where if you're a team that's a fast break team and then all of a sudden you start to play more half court, or if you're a, team that passes the ball around tries to pound it inside the next thing you know you're trying to play 100 miles an hour those schematically don't always add up into making the right moves you might make things even worse and you know i think one of the things as a coach is if you begin to panic the team's gonna that's gonna kind of trickle down to your team and they're gonna begin to panic and sometimes it's just about you know staying the course yeah. um you know that was one of the things that when i was in harlan with mitch osborne he was the boys coach and he would start out you know with, with different things and the other team might hurt him with the little changes that he's made but then he sticks to it and by the end of the game it's turned back and gone his way he just always would stay the course was confident in his game plan and that was something as a young coach that i thought was important for me to see mm-hmm. uh any mistakes tony i think it's important that we talk about our mistakes and lord knows i have a laundry list of mistakes that i've made uh when you when your team gets off to a slow start it, what are maybe some mistakes that you have made in your career that guy, you know, if, if I had to do it over with that team, I would do it differently. And then maybe we'll talk about some of the successes that we've had. Yeah. I think sometimes, you know, when you have high expectations and you get off to a slow start, you know, you get emotional. I think yeah. that's a, that's a mistake, mm-hmm. you know, because uh, with, with getting emotional, again, it goes to your team. And I think one of the things that's key as a coach is being that the same, whether things are going good or things are going bad. Because when things are going bad, if you're a, an emotional mess on the sideline, that stuff just kind of through osmosis filters to your team, and that's not good. And I've been very much guilty of that. Mm-hmm. Making 
big moves. You know, you were talking about small tweaks. Those that's their way to go early. Make some of the small tweaks. Sometimes, you know, I would make a big tweak, whether it was a change in the starting lineup uh, or whatever the case may be. Maybe it was changes in the starting lineup, mm-hmm. and you know, and different things there. And so those those are both things that I've done that I would definitely advise against. Yeah, I I really think that. If you feel like your kids are playing really, really hard in practice, if you feel like they're really concentrating in practice, then then it's up to you to teach them. That that that's that it's your job to teach. I I and you tell them that you know, hey gang, I can see you're playing really hard. Our energy is good in practice. You're concentrating. You're things are going to turn around for us if we keep doing what we're doing. And I know that's easy for me to say and, and hard to believe right now, but you just got to keep the faith that you're doing everything that you're capable of doing. We've just got to make some good things happen for us and narrow down that focus to one or two things. You know, we got to, we got to rebound better or we got to take care of the ball better or, you know, just what, you know, whatever it may be, but yeah, uh, got to play the last two minutes a little bit more poised. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, I think the, the, you really hit the nail on the head there, Tony, with the overreaction. And you talked about like tweaks with the lineups or that type of thing. Another thing that coaches, and I know I'm guilty of this, and if I had it to do over again in a couple of situations, I would do it differently. But the knee-jerk reaction is I've got a pretty talented sophomore or freshman, and it doesn't feel like this junior or senior is getting it done after two or three games. So now I'm going to play this freshman ahead or this Mm -hmm. sophomore ahead. And I really think you've got to think about, you know, one, two years down the line. You've got to think about this season. And if you bring that sophomore or freshman ahead of that senior, you've probably lost that that senior uh, because, you know, coach, you only gave me two or three games and, and I'm I'm out, or you know, Jimmy's starting ahead of me, or whatever it may be. And yeah, and I, I gave given you three or four years. <laughs> exactly, and and I and I think that uh, sometimes we we get into a rush of, of of pushing players up the flagpole a little bit too quickly. And again, when I, especially when I was a younger coach, I know I was guilty of that. Um, and and so I think that's something that we we need to keep in mind as well. Uh, I I really think. You know, overall, whether you have low expectations or you have high expectations and you struggle, I, I think you just take away the winning of the losing part of it as you're as you're coaching your team. And you just focus on that one play at a time and, and not to go too Saban on you, Alabama guy here. Uh, but <laughs> the process, the process, it is. And it, and it is. It, it's it's it's, you know, the winning and losing will take care of itself if we just win one play at a time. And if we continue to string together victories one play at a time, then the next thing you know, we're we're winning games one game at a time, and mm-hmm. and have those standards and have those thoughts and ideas uh, put into place, and you're going to be in great shape. You're going to be in great shape. So, um, any other mistakes that you've made, Tony, in that regard? You know, I've made, I've made plenty of mistakes. None of that are jumping back out okay. out right now at me. Okay. What about maybe some good ways you've handled tough starts well? You know, this is a, a little bit different in terms of it wasn't necessarily a tough start. I just remember a team, uh, we were undefeated, and the community really rallied around us. We, we had really good crowds and stuff like that, and it just seemed like the games, you know, the winning streak gets to 15, 16, 17, 
and you can start to see that maybe we're not winning by as much as what we were favored to or expected to or whatever the case may be. And one time I just asked him, you know, hey, is the pressure getting to you? Is the pressure becoming too much? And they responded, honestly, yes, it is. And so what we began to do towards the end of practice for the last five, 10 minutes, we just play a game whether it was knockout uh, 30 and a half, um, you know, 21 or whatever the case may be, we would just end in their nights after practice, we would just play a game mm-hmm. and that really helped them to kind of relax. Uh, we didn't end up winning the whole thing. And that was one of the goals that we had, but, you know, but we had so much fun that year. And I think that was a big turning point. Just listening to them. Mm-hmm. Are you feeling the pressure? Yeah. And yeah. And I, I think at any time where you as a coach can be honest with them and they feel comfortable enough to be honest with you. I think that's important. And then the other thing too, Marty, is if you are honest with them, you've built up credibility and trust with them. And when you go through some of those things, like, Hey, I promise you, it's going to turn around. We played, you know, two really good teams or, you know, for whatever reason, the ball just didn't go in the basket. We didn't shoot it great. It was kind of fluky, but it's going to get better. And if you've built up that credibility with them, like, yeah, coach, coach is, you know, an honest guy. He pretty straightforward with us usually is right. Then they learn to trust you. Yeah. Yeah. I I think that's, I think that's true. I I, I think that it's again, uh, been off to a couple slow starts and, you know, just stay in the course. And, you know, when my first year at my new job, I mean, we, we lost eight, we, we started out two and four and then I looked up and we were two and 12 and I had never lost eight games in a row in my life. And, you know, but we just stayed the course. We didn't change anything. This is what we have. This is what we're going to work with. This is the standard we've established. Mm-hmm. And and once we were able to get one or two wins, you know, then the kids started feeling better about themselves. And we finish out the season six and four. And and last year we we were this close to to jumping up to five hundred. And and I and I think that just that patience and that's learned with time and experience on how, how to handle those situations. So coaches are absolutely loving our taking over a new program booklet. As many of you know, I spent two years outside of coaching. And during that time, I hung a note card in my workspace at school that said, strip the house down to the studs. I took that time to really rethink and reorganize my thoughts on what it takes to run a transformational program. As I prepared for the possibility of coaching again, I organized these thoughts into this 96-page booklet. How much do I trust this booklet? I used this booklet as I went on interviews to help sell myself and my vision for what my new program would look like. If I'm using it to sell myself, why wouldn't I recommend it to you, my listeners? This booklet will help you look at any part of your program, no matter what stage you're at in your program, and help improve it in some way. It's all yours for only $15, which includes shipping and handling. For more information, email me at a pen and a napkin at gmail.com. Well then, Mr. Viss, since we've got that settled, it is now time for trivia. Our weekly trivia, and it is week five. I'm ahead three to one. Mr. Viss, what do you have for me? The two WNBA teams in the finals are the Connecticut Sun uh-huh. and the Las Vegas Aces. Uh-huh. The Las Vegas Aces obviously were not the original. What is the original state and team name before they moved, I believe, to Las Vegas? There might have been a move before that. But what was the original franchise? And we get three guesses, right? Definitely. Yeah. I want to say this jumps out at me right away. 
San Antonio Silver Spurs? Ooh, good guess, but incorrect. Okay. Um, so it, it was an original franchise. So back in original 90, franchise, and then they might have moved a couple times, but the original oh, one. Okay. Um. Jeez, boy, Tony, this is good. Uh, the Aces. Um. The uh, the Detroit franchise? Ooh, another good guess, but I think that one's actually the Dallas Wings right now. Okay. Uh, east or west of the Mississippi? It is west of the Mississippi. Oh, okay. Um, I'm just going to take a wild... I don't think it's right. Uh, but I'm just going to take a wild guess, because I... Uh, Utah Stars... You son of a gun. Did I get it? <laughs> you got it. Yes! <laughs> yes! All oh, of you man. shall bow before I me. I had a stumper, and I, there's, I thought there was no way you would get that I one. seriously got that right. Yes. Oh! <laughs> wow! <so> wow! <laughs> that, that was seriously, I just, that was, I cannot begin to tell you how big of a guess that was. I, I don't even know if, if I hadn't read it today, I don't know if I could have told you the Utah Stars were an original WNBA franchise. Because it was like the L.A. Sparks and the Houston New Comets. New York Liberty. New York Liberty. Houston Comets, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Detroit Shock. Indiana Fever, I think we're always, the Indiana team has always been in Indiana, I think. Pretty sure. Yeah. And there was like a Miami Soul or something like that. Yeah, might have been something. Yeah. So well, And then they had, what was that other professional league that they had going on at the same time oh uh, is that the abl or something like that that sounds correct that sounds right um but yeah that's that's uh huh i can't Man. i can't believe i got that i mean i i could not have i couldn't have done that again uh, I, I, I I feel like I feel like I feel like Will Ferrell in old school, where you know he he's debating what just happened. I just blacked out. Tell me what happened. You know, that's the way you debate. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, that's the way you do it. That's the way you debate. So you're my boy, Blue. <laughs> Great movie. Oh yeah. Oh yes. Very very good stuff. All right, Tony. Uh, sporting event that you are looking forward to this week? That is a great question, Marty, because I have not looked that far ahead as far as what one, you know, we've got all kinds of things going on. I just don't know if there's one that that stands out to me. What about you? Well, I, you know what? I watched a little bit of the WNBA Finals uh, today, and, uh, you know, we were kind of, uh, my wife and I were bouncing around, and they preempted the WNBA Finals here in Nebraska for the press conference for uh, Coach Frost and and mm-hmm. his um, his situation. So uh, I believe the the Aces won, correct? Yeah, they yeah. won by I want to say sixty seven, sixty four. Yeah, yeah, it was kind of a slowed down, kind of an ugly game. So I think it's going to be a really good series. I think the Aces are probably the better team. I think they're probably going to end up winning, uh, but I will probably be tuning into that. Um, I also um, am looking forward to little, you know, little NFL football uh, Thursday mm-hmm. night. We got the Rams 
or I'm sorry, the Chargers at the Chiefs. That ought to be a pretty Ooh. good one there. Um, so kind of looking at the schedule right now. Uh, no great real no real great college football games going on. Um, so and it's homecoming at our school. So looking oh, forward to that. Yeah. So um, you know, kids will be excited for that. And we got the big homecoming parade next Friday and or this this Friday and um, yeah. So it, it, you know, it'll be it'll be fun for our kids. So. Yeah, it's always a fun week with the dress-up days and then the dance and all that yeah. pomp and circumstance that goes with that, yeah. Yeah, yeah, the kids always look at me a little funny when I, you know, start dancing at the dance, but, you know. It's, <laughs> you do have some good moves. Uh, you know, it's it's kind of what I bring to the table. It's it's from my boy band days, you know. So. <laughs> I thought you used to be at 98 degrees. Uh, we were more like, a, you know, 92 degrees. We were more like a hypothermia type of a thing. <laughs> <laughs> you know, just kill us. <laughs> you know, so. All right, Tony. Uh, anything else, my friend? Yeah, I, you know, one of the things I, I read a tweet today I thought was really interesting. A coaching friend of mine put out there, you know, with was just talking about the situation both in Iowa City and in Lincoln and how adults, if this is what brings you joy or happiness or what your, your that revolves around, mm-hmm. you've got your priorities way out of whack. And then the other thing that it mentioned was – you take a look at college athletes and some of the struggles they go through with mental health and stuff like that. And don't think those two things are connected. You're not putting the dots together properly. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I think, you know, one of the things that, you know, people have pointed out in our area is, you know, coach Frost is going to be okay financially. Um, Mm -hmm. He should be anyway. Um, And, and I, you know, that's, that's, yeah, I get that. And I understand that. And, you know, he's he's got, you know, he, he's good in that regard. Uh, but, you know, that guy is, is hurting like crazy. Those kids are hurting like crazy. Uh, I know that the the X's and O's or the, the end of game situations have not worked out well. Uh, you know, those kids have played really, really hard for him, though, I think. I truly believe that. Uh, they would not be in all of these competitive games with pretty good teams uh, as much as they have. Uh, so I, I think that these kids are going out there. They're playing as hard as they can. They know they're not winning. They're very well aware <laughs> that they're not winning. Yeah, they know their record. Yeah. Um, it, it's it's like uh, I always tell kids, and, and this is based off my experience because this happened to me when I was a player, I, I blew a wide-open layup in a game. And I mean, like a breakaway layup. I, I was gonna dunk it, but then my feet got screwed up. You know, that's a yeah, that's a, your steps down. That's a joke. Yeah, it wasn't a seven foot rim. It was a ten foot rim. But I, I went up. I went up, and I just blew it. I mean, there wasn't anybody within twenty feet. I just blew the layup, and we ended up we ended up losing the game. And you know, I blew the layup, and my coach was, "What, Plum? You got to make that layup." But I just kind of want to say, yeah, I really wanted to not score, Coach. I, I, you <laughs> yeah. know, yeah. And and I and I think that's something that's always kind of stuck with me, is you know, no kid is is trying to go, "Hey, let me throw this in the fourth row and knock somebody out," you know, or or anything like that. And so, you know. Again, if the kids are concentrating, if they're working really hard for you, if they've committed themselves to their teammates, and if they're being a great teammate, then we've got to stay the course, and we've got to continue to teach, and we've got to search for ways to help kids get out of these slumps and their funks that they're in, because it it's they they are trying, they they are competitive human beings like you and I are, 
and they want to do well. Uh, very few players go out there and want to do poorly. And, and so you teach them the standards. You've now, if they're not upholding your standards again, that's a different story. That's I, I, make I, a move. I get that. I get that. Then if, if Jimmy's not playing hard and Joey is, then you put in Joey instead of Jimmy, yep. regardless of how talented Jimmy is. And, you know, but we're doing this under the assumption that we have well-intentioned meanings uh, for our players. And, and I think that's important for us to remember as coaches. Definitely. I mean, there's the human side of it. Nobody, you know, screws up on purpose. And it's the same thing, you know, in terms of the, the players and the coaches, you know, there's the human side of it. It's somebody's son or daughter. It's somebody's, you know, uh, husband or wife or whatever the case may be. And, you know, you want you want them to do well and you have to be there to support them and be that consistent, positive positive voice in their head and just be there and have their back yeah and the only way you can work it out and i think what let's leave on this one here tony uh the you know i think it's important that you emphasize to your team hey this is not going the way that we planned it so far but the only way we're going to get out of this is if we work together as a group everybody's got to you know row the boat to pull a little pj fleck for you here yep everybody's got to do, do your job row the boat in the same direction stay together as a group uh, I can, you know, I can't, you know, I can't promise you that uh, we are going to turn it around if we do stick together, if we do continue to row the boat in the same direction, so forth and so on. But I can promise you that if we don't, we will not figure it out. And, and I, and it will I think, sink faster. Yes, and and it will sink, and it will sink very, very quickly. So, um, yeah, I think that's that's a, a lot of good stuff that we've gone over here tonight, here, Tony. Anything to add, buddy? No, that's it. Right. I'm just still trying to get over the Utah Stars thing. I'm kind of, a, kind of still thought I had a, had that one. We're going to be three two, <sighs> but you pulled a rabbit out of the hat. Oh, that was that was not a rabbit. That was like a dragon that was pulled out of the hat there, man. <laughs> that was that was that was crazy. I I just yeah, that was that was pure luck, my friend. Pure luck. So, well, hey, uh, coaching staff, uh, episode five, uh, coaching your team through a slow start. Uh, hope folks have enjoyed this. If you have any questions for Tony or I, uh, email me at penandanapkin at gmail.com. Uh, we hope this series has been good for you. I know we've enjoyed putting them together. We hope you've enjoyed the information that we've put out there. And, hey, just keep getting after it, coaches. Keep honing your craft one day at a time. And I just screwed up my, my, my ending there. So I'm just going to leave it that, at that. Coaches, as always, let's be sure to hone our craft one day at a time.